0: Coming from the true Chicago sports fan cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with your hosts, E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah! Episode 28 brought to you by 606 Media, Noir Caesar, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use promo code Fan 15 That Fan TRUFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. As always, I'm Big Z. I'm here with my co-host, E-Rock.
1: What up, B? E? What's going on, Z? Welcome, welcome, everyone. What's up? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite listening app. We're available on all major platforms. And don't forget to keep voting on our ultimate sitcom tournament. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. What Who do you, you think is going to win it all, man? I don't know.
0: It's, it, there's a lot of good ones in there. I mean, Sanford and Son versus Three Company. I mean, oof. Yep, I mean, I love me some Jack Tripper there, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you still got Cosby shows in here. Who's the boss? Married with Children. I know that's uh, that's our boys' favorite right there. <laughs> um, I love Lucy. Fresh, Prin- I think Fresh Prince can take it off, man.
0: Yeah, Fresh Prince and Seinfeld and yep. The Office are are the three favorites there. I man. think
1: a sleeper that everyone's kind of ignoring because it kind of got a first round buy is Curb Your Thre- uh, Curb Th- Your, Th- Th- Your Enthusiasm. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah, that's a great show. I don't know, man. It, it's up to the fans. It's up to you guys to decide what is the greatest sitcom.
1: Yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's, it's it's exciting. We're having a lot of fun doing this, so I hope you guys are too. But check it out, Z. This is really weird. We got no Bears games today. What's going on? <laughs> I, I mean, at least, at least there's
0: no hangover. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> the good thing is there's plenty going on in the west side of town to talk about in our loop segment.
0: Definitely tons tons to talk about uh, today. We also have a great guest today. Yeah, we do. From NBC Sports Chicago, White Sox pre- and post-game host, Chuck Garfine.
1: Yeah, we caught up with Chuck and we talked White Sox baseball, a little bit of Cubs and Bears, and we also threw him a couple curveballs.
0: <laughs> caught him off guard, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun to talk to him. You guys are going to really enjoy this one. But before we get to that, let's start the show off right. Yeah. This is The Loop, our Chicago Sports Roundup, where we keep you in The Loop. This is
1: Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago.
2: Welcome to Chicago.
0: Welcome to Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago.
1: This is welcome, Chicago. Welcome, Doors open welcome, on the left at Chicago.
0: Welcome, welcome to Chicago. So he, what in the blue hell's going on <laughs> in Hallis
1: Hall, man? Look, man, I told you there was a possibility of this happening. The Cubs, or the, I'm sorry, the Bears are keeping. <laughs> when, you, when Whoops. You, when you act small, you act, you know, that's yeah. the Cubs, the Bears. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the Bears kept team president Ted Phillips, sweaty Teddy. Oh. They kept Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. He, they're all coming back next year. Now, oh,
0: poor Trubisky. What,
1: what, that's what I said. <laughs> I said, you either keep Nagy or Trubisky. There's no way that both are coming back. If Trubisky ends up coming back now, I'll be completely surprised because – why would you come back when your coach has proven to you that he doesn't trust you?
0: He has no trust in him at all. And right. guess what? The play calling doesn't really uh, satisfy his... His his skill set.
1: His, uh, his, his
0: skill set, yeah. There's no way that this kid is going to flourish here. No. He needs to go somewhere else, get a, get a fresh look, get a fresh coordinator to right. look at him and say, hey, you're really good at this and you're really good at this. We'll work on this and guess what? We can win with you.
1: I feel like the pro-level teams, which... Currently, it feels like we're not quite there. Not at all. Not in a long time. But the pro-level teams, I would consider the Patriots one of those teams. Yes. I would consider um, the, Chiefs. the Saints one of those teams, the Chiefs one of those teams. A professional, top-tier level team would know what to do with a player like Trubisky.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got teams like Pittsburgh who, you know, Ben goes out and they throw another right. quarterback there, and guess what? They don't miss a beat.
1: Right, right. And to be fair, Pittsburgh has had their fair shares being a— a backup Pittsburgh fan. Mm-hmm. They've had their fair shares of of things that are going on, what happened with Antonio Brown, um, all the stuff that's going on with Ben over the years, um, Le'Veon Bell wanting to get out of there. Now, I'm still... Like I said, just the way that you're a backup Dodger fan, I'm a backup, you know, Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they had Roethlisberger, they had Le'Veon, they had Antonio Brown, and they never made anything out of it is still super frustrating to me. Too many cooks. Too many (laughs) cooks. Too many cooks. All right, man, what's going on in the north side of town? North side, Cubs uh, actually signed and they avoided arbitration with Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, and Chris Bryant. Now, I got some mixed reactions out of the the amounts that these players were getting. Yeah. Baez, Baez got eleven point six five million. Um, it's fine. Is his final year of control under the Cubs? Bryant ended up getting nineteen point five million. He got paid. He got a lot of money,
0: but he also got to remember he has service time
1: that that's exactly right and and we knew that was happening when they held him down the first time and and they they took a while to bring him up they tried they took their sweet time right um, Contreras in his second arbitration year he got 6.65 million which was near the high end of his range but still pretty cheap um Davies coming off of a dominant uh, season with the Padres um, he gets a bump up to 8.63 million can't be mad at that no I mean I, for what they're doing, there's not a whole lot going on up there. Um, we're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think we we we're trying to see how this rotation on the north side is really going to round out.
0: Right, and they, uh, at this point, Davy Davis is a rental, right? Oh yeah, you know he's going to be here for one year, and then you'll get rid of him, and that's a pretty cheap price to have a pitcher that can pitch 200 in- innings. Or
1: or if they're not really winning a lot of games, but they're he's playing well, good trade chip. You're going to see that trade happen. A lot, because,
0: of, a lot of these players can get traded next year. Right. Next, next, it, it, this it, season.
1: Exactly. I think Hayward is another candidate for something yes. like that. Um, you, we're, we're, it's going to be interesting. I, I still think that they hold on to guys like Rizzo and Baez, but I really have a strong feeling Contreras that might be gone. Contreras is going to be gone. And I love Contreras.
0: Yeah, Toronto was sniffing around last week, and, yeah. and then some other teams have been sniffing around, seeing what they can get. But they want to lowball the Cubs because they know they're in sell mode.
1: Well, and and – I don't know. I think they still their idea is that they still want to be competitive because that's what they've come out and said. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that trading You Darvish is meant to extend their playoff window. Mm, no. Right. I mean I, I and I here's the thing. You can argue I can argue either side of that because I'm decent at doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It drives you nuts. It does. But if you think about the fact that they're they're going to try to revamp their system and really replenish you taken a guy that's a little bit older. You know that you're going to have to revamp your entire rotation anyway because mm-hmm. you've lost two thirds or two fifths, three fifths of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. You got guys retiring. You got guys that are free agents. You guys got you got guys that are trading.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? The White Sox did show up their bullpen signing Liam Hendricks, the number one closer out in the market. Yeah, they did. Jesus, this kid is a badass. He is. All right. So Chicago finalized a 54 million dollar three year deal with an option for the fourth. So either way this kid gets 54 million whether he pitches his third, I mean th- 3 or 4 years.
1: He's one of these random guys that comes out of Australia and plays in Major League or the NFL. I think there's like yeah. a kicker or like a linebacker that's, that's really good in the NFL uh that's from Australia. Now you got probably one of the best closers in baseball well, on the south side that's from uh from down under.
0: And the funny thing is that him and Luke Longley are pretty much from the same area. Really? Yeah. And you know the last time Chicago team signed they uh, <laughs> <laughs> signed the, you know a guy from down under. Uh, they won some championships. I heard. I heard. I was aware of that.
1: I didn't want to mention it this time.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? The White Sox were b- very busy. They also agreed to terms with Cuban outfielder from the international pool Yolki Suspiris. There you go. Two point oh five million signing bonus.
1: That last name is really familiar. That's right. 'Cause yeah, he sounds like he has a, a relative he or a does. cousin that's bouncing around. He has
0: kinda of like a, a half brother or something uh, in the league. Yeah. I think we, we we talked about him a little bit before. We did, we did. All right. They also signed uh Norge. Not, like, not yeah, not Jorge. So it's it starts with like, an end, right? Uh, Norge Vera. Norge. Yeah. Uh also from Cuba. Uh one point five million signing bonus. This is a six four hundred ninety pound pitcher. Ninety four no ninety seven uh fastball. I mean but, Jesus. This kid's twenty.
1: He, he sounds like he's he's long and, and thin yeah, like yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, like your boy Chris Sale.
0: Hey hey man, the White Sox are like very into with the Cuban. Uh, uh, culture down there. They have. I to- wonder
1: who <laughs> got them into that.
0: Manny Minoso, mm-hmm. uh, Luis Aparicio, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, Jose Abreu. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> that's the name. Jose Envy Pito. Pito. <laughs> Abreu, that's oh, right. You couldn't wait to talk about him That's again. right, that's right. <laughs> All right. All right, so we had some uh, avoiding of arbitration for the White Sox as well. We had a one-year contract for right-handed pitcher Luis Lucas Julido, not Luis Julido. Luis, I mean, is, at this it, point, wait, with all is, the Cuban players, they Gilito might change his name. From Cuba, <laughs> <laughs> I am six. Uh. <laughs> I mean, at this point, with all these Cuban land players on the team, they might change his name to Luis Julido. Uh huh. So he got four point one five million. Uh, so you know, Lopez got two point one. I think that it was overpaid,
1: but Do, you know, give me your honest opinion of little right now should that have been a long-term contract and should it have been for more
0: well at the at this point it's just a bridge you know you you're gonna sign him so he's sure it up for the year here's your little bonus for doing so well and guess what during the season or you know maybe, maybe in the next couple of weeks in a couple of months we'll we'll get that that contract sure it up a long term how, how old
1: is he he's not very old no he's like 24. The, I mean you should hope that this is a bridge because if he makes it the free agency someone's gonna give him a lot of money
0: yeah, there's no way he's uh, he's leaving the white Sox. Especially
1: side. if he plays this upcoming season like he did in that short season. I'm sorry, he's 21. Are you serious? <laughs> Stop it. I'm looking at baseball stats. There's no, there's no way Lucas Giolito is only 21. <laughs> there's no shot. <laughs> if it says 31, I'm going to die right now. No,
0: he's not 31. How old is he? Let's see. His birthday is 94. So he's 26. Okay, I'm about to say.
1: Ain't no way that grown ass man is 21, bro. Oh, man, that's a full grown man right
2: there, okay?
1: Yeah. Oh man. I mean,
0: he's in the prime of his career, especially for a pitcher.
1: So, this, they You're, have to get the. You gotta lock him to up give, for five years. I, I think, yeah.
0: You gotta get five he's years. He's had
1: so much ups and downs. I mean, we everyone thought he was gonna be the guy in Washington, and then they, you know, they trade him over here. Then they trade him for like Ed Meaton.
0: And the, then we signed Adam Meaton. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Washington. Natch Nationals. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh man.
0: Uh, yeah, we also got Jace Fry, which is you know part of the bullpen. He got a bump to eight sixty two. Wow, mm-hmm. eight hundred sixty two thousand. Man, some of these guys better cut. You know, buy him some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a poor end. Um, Adam e., uh, Engel got a bump to one point three seven five million. Mm-hmm. Moncada. Uh, He was eligible, but he signed an extension uh, Uh, last year, so he didn't have to go through all that.
1: Okay, that's that's one way to avoid arbitration. That's
0: right. And then the White Sox signed a minor league deal with Nick Williams. Okay. (laughs) Hey, somebody's got to play in Triple A, man.
1: So they 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 are definitely shoring up the guys that they already have. Right. Okay. Make similar to what the Cubs did with Contreras and Baez and and uh, Bryant. So I mean, it's kind of you're just trying to. You know, build your bullpen. Literally, right. or, you know, I, I say that in, in terms of I don't want any of my bulls getting loose. And <laughs> it's a different uh, topic or uh, a different term. But, um, but so the, the White Sox are basically showing up what they already know. Right. So that saves you on scouting. Yes. That saves you on having to, you know, go and search for new players. You already know what you got. Okay, you guys fit what we're trying to do. Yep. Um, You know, it's interesting. I really want to see what's going to happen with Bauer. I don't, my gut tells me he's going to end up with a bigger market team. But I also feel like he's the kind of guy that like defies, really, yeah. He's he goes loved, against the grain. He loved the fact that he was on the Reds and on the Indians, kind of like a bigger, small market team, if that makes sense.
0: And he also did tweet, you know, he did a Marvel tweet there saying, Hey, you're about two infinity stones away. <laughs> and this is before we signed Hendricks. Now we're one Infinity Stone away. Oh, is he that last Infinity Stone, man?
1: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting season. Let's I mean, just put it that way. Come now, on. If now, they now, sign
0: now, him, bro, you're going to be watching.
1: I'm I'm going to be watching anyway.
0: But you're going to be watching when pa- when Bauer pitches.
1: I'm going to be watching anyway. All man. right. All right. That's that's what we do.
0: Yeah, we do do that. All right, man. What's going on with – uh? see red nation over there see red nation yeah (laughs) we're in the house um bulls beat the mavs i mean they had four straight losses so they had to win at some
1: point so they were super tight they had four consecutive losses they dropped to right now they're they're sitting at five and eight on the season with the win today uh turnovers man zach levine has been turning the ball over like crazy he has also been scoring like crazy so but the problem is, is that you got to do both. Now they, there was there was two games in LA where mm-hmm. they were very close. They lost yeah. by they lost by very close margins. Uh, they lost to Sacramento, and then they went ahead and they gave up the game to OKC when they were up by like twenty two points. You cannot do that in the NBA. What are you doing?
0: So this is what we've been saying. These Bulls are in that baby bull format where they're learning how to play with each other. You've got a new coach, new system. A bunch of mis- mismatch of players. You got old guys like Daddy is young and Otto Porter, uh, a veteran like Garrett Temple, who was like been an actual nice addition for yes. these guys. Uh, And then you got the kids. You got you got mm-hmm. marketing. You got Williams. You got Carter. You got, uh Levine. I think Levine's still well, a kid. He is a he's, kid. He's and not and a veteran.
1: He's like the mid the mid level veteran. Right. But I mean, like even t- in today's game, you saw the the old guys. Yeah, the old guys. Porter he's, Porter, Porter showed up off. with
0: yeah. Porter showed up with fourteen points. Temple with 21, Young with 15. So they threw it back, they, back in time.
1: Look, you know what they did is they pulled out the 35 and over Ben's rec league at the YMCA, <laughs> and they're like, we got this, guys, no worries. Let me put on my knee pads and my goggles real quick and then my short shorts, and I'll be over there.
0: These guys funny Ben Gay on their chest, so that way when they drive, <laughs> they blind the guys, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Patrick Williams did take a, a little bit of dip. He had 23 minutes and only five points. And then uh, Levine, 31 minutes but he had ten, ten assists and ten points, so he's well, not scoring, double, double, but, he's, but yeah, he's but, distributing. But
1: but, but you got to you got to remember is that Zach Levine is basically playing point right now, and 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 he, he's he's better at point than Kobe White is right now. <laughs> Kobe White's going to figure that out now. Kobe White and Zach Levine have definitely been scoring machines for the Bulls, and that's how they kept in the game with the Lakers, and that's how they kept in the game with the Clippers. I didn't get a chance to see that Sacramento game. But that's what they were doing against uh, OKC. Mm-hmm. But Luke Dort, Dort, uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy—the worst name ever in sports. This this guy, <laughs> I don't even, he, he 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 he's insane because he looks like he reminds me of like Kareem Hunt. He's built like a running back, okay. and then all of a sudden you see him take off, and you're like, oh, that's Mister Dort. And he he took out the Bulls, man. He was really good in the playoffs last year. I remember that.
0: All right, let's switch over to the other team that plays at the United Center, the Blackhawks. Okay. Unfortunately, they're playing in Florida. And guess what? They're 0-2, man. They're getting their butt kicked over by the champs. The time of Bay Lightning, they lost 5-1 and then 5-2. They're missing a lot of pieces.
1: But this is this is a very wait-and-see year. They just gave Jeremy Collinson a new contract. Yeah. They just gave him a new contract, and you know what he is? He is the hockey version of Ricky Renteria because <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're they're gonna say he's the scout. He's yeah. the he's the coach slash scout right now. Yeah,
0: he's a he's good with the kids. He teaches them fundamentals. Right.
1: Bro. And he's also super young. I mean, this is a young guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, he looks he makes us look old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't take much now. <laughs> All right, hey, Chicago sports fans, like what you hear? Show your support with a subscription. All proceeds go towards the betterment of the show. Go to Anchor. slash Fan slash support. We'll be right back after Beef Work from our sponsor. This is Chicago.
1: Doors open on the left at Chicago.
2: Welcome
1: to Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce our very special guest from NBC Sports Chicago White Sox pre and post game host Chuck Garfine. What's up, Chuck? How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, The day just got better getting to be
2: on here talking with you guys. What's happening?
0: (laughs) Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. So let's just get down to it. How has 2020 treated you?
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we're in 2021. Yeah, so (laughs) so
0: we want to know what 2020 treated you so that way we can move past it and get into the positive 2021.
2: Well, 2020, obviously, from a... uh, global perspective sucked royally. Exactly. <laughs> um was the worst year in the last century. So that sucked. Uh but from a White Sox point of view, that was the turning point for the franchise. I mean, this was a rebuild that was going on. The Sox hadn't had a winning record in 8 years. So to see things start to come together in 2020 with the White Sox, I mean, that was like the the ray of sunshine in a very dark year. So uh, and so to be a part of that, you know, doing the pre and post game shows was like, that gave me, that was like my oxygen. That was like right. my blood that was uh, keeping things normal for me and for a lot of White Sox fans and right. and not just normal, but inspiring and exciting and a great distraction. So as we head into 2021, you know, I'm hoping for more of the same, if not better, an improvement. I'm hoping t- 2021 is an improvement, not only for the White Sox, but for us as yeah human yes. beings no be absolutely
1: we were so adult. concerned we we you know when we started the show it was literally while they were trying to figure out if we were even gonna have a season last year correct um we we started talking about the uh, the last dance documentary that was our very first episode and then the next one we were talking about that long gum summer which was meant to kind of hold us over and then and we were getting news as we were going so it, it made the summer very exciting even as a cubs fan watching it with one of my best buds uh, watching his team grow and, and get better and make the playoffs. It was, it was pretty exciting.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, I know Cubs fans can kind of see what White Sox fans are feeling. And I think White Sox fans saw what Cubs fans got to experience with their team and they're rebuilding seeing it all the way through. So hopefully we have a, the same result on the South side where uh, they go from rebuild to contention to world series title. And uh, that would be amazing.
0: All right, Chuck, let's talk about the additions to the 2021 White Sox. La Russa as a coach, as the manager. We got Katz as our pitching coach, Eaton, Hendricks. Let's talk about these additions, and uh, how do you feel about them?
2: Well, starting with La Russa, no one on the planet saw that coming, you know, and it's just, how could you expect <laughs> someone who hadn't managed in nine years to be brought back to the dugout? And after the shock of it all, and speaking with people, everyone from Dave Stewart, who was his uh, longtime pitcher when he you know he played for him, they were in a front office together, okay. uh, to James McCann before he signed with the Mets, talked to him yeah. about La Russa. I've just talked to several people who are just not just fans or media members, and now speaking with current White Sox players from Aaron Bummer to Ethan Katz Mm -hmm. and they see a guy who is really engaged is a brilliant baseball mind and he has not lost anything even though it's been nine years since he's been out of you know managing he was engaged in a in the front office for every year from the time he left St. Louis he was with the Red Sox they won a World Series with him uh, in the front office so I think he's a, the, a really good fit for this team. This team needs to go from making the playoffs to winning in the playoffs. And he was right. someone okay. who is the winningest, third winningest manager in the history of the game. So I, I really do like this hire. It's, was it surprising? Yes. Did I want someone else? Yes.
0: Originally? Yes. <laughs> I wanted A.J. So, Hinch. You it, wanted A.J. Hinch. you my co-host.
1: Yeah, we and we and I was I was advocating for Hinch just because, I mean, we don't like what happened in Houston. Nobody does, but I I think what he was able to do with taking young, talented players and turning them into a winner. Yes, we know that there was you know the garbage cans and the buzzer. Probably Altuve, you know, whatever he wants to say, his wife wife told him not to take his shirt off. I don't think anyone believes that. But when you initially heard about Larusa, what was your initial reaction to that? Initially, I
2: didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't when I say didn't get it, it just it was like, well, is 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 this just him reuniting with Jerry Reinsdorf and they're trying to turn a wrong into a right? He was fired in 1986 right. by Hawk Harrelson right? When he was the GM, and is this what is this what this is? And then I looked into what La Russa had said a year prior when he said he didn't see himself wanting to come back to manage again. So now all of a sudden he wants to manage. So I had a lot of questions, a lot of the questions that every White Sox fan had about why is this happening and is this the right move? Mm-hmm. And, and you looked into how Rick Hahn seemed to uh, allude to the fact that they wanted someone with recent championship experience and exactly. that it seemed to be AJ Hinch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were a lot of questions to ask and it's fine for Sox fans or members of the media to question things but i think it's also i don't say smart i think it's also important for whether you're a fan or you're a member of the media to take into the information as information comes in and things evolve and you can change your mind right right now i'm at a point where i think he's going to be uh the right fit for this white Sox team he's going to help them win a lot more games and put them in the best position to succeed and one thing i hear time and time again well first off before they hired la Russa, what i was seeing certainly at the end of the season that uh, rick Renteria wasn't always putting his players in the best position to succeed
0: yeah that, mm-hmm. that's exactly where i was going to go with Absolutely. that that it's a good big contrast with not putting players in a place to succeed Versus a manager who's won it all multiple times, whether in the front office or as, as a manager.
1: He knows what it takes to
0: win. Right. Ricky
1: right, a trainer. Right. And,
2: <laughs> but it was, it was kind of funny that I had said, you know, on my own that Renteria wasn't really putting these guys in the best position to succeed, whether it's Carlos Rodon coming back from an injury, yes. uh, mm-hmm. Dane Dunning to start that game, and then, you know, within a one at bat, he's got someone else warming up in the bullpen, yeah, things crochet, like that. Yeah, crochet. It made no sense. Right. So... And then they hire La Russa, and without me asking the question, I'm hearing more and more people say Tony La Russa puts his players in the best position to succeed. So when I hear that time and time again, I'm like, okay, like I think the the, not that in- I not that I should be in the front office of the White Sox, but the Sox were seeing kind of the same thing that I was seeing.
1: Yeah, it gives you more confidence as you go that yes, this was was the the right choice at this time.
2: Yeah. So, and, and we'll see, like, you know, it's baseball. Is he going to be a colossal failure? I don't think he's going to be. I think mm-hmm. there's enough talent on this team. And I like the, the coaching moves they've made with his staff. I, I, I mean, Ethan Katz is as sharp as they come. He's a brilliant pitching mind, great communicator and teacher. Um, and then Miguel Cairo, who's the bench coach. I mean, I don't know. I've never met him, but everyone's raving about him. So uh, we got a lot of brains in that clubhouse, in that dugout. Uh, from a coaching staff. So I, I like where this is trending. I'll, I'll, I'll say that.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So last week, uh, my host always likes to give me a quiz on my, my white Sox, And he asked me, he's like, why isn't there no news on the white Sox?" I'm like, Oh, we're, we just, <laughs> we're, we're waiting to sign Trevor Bauer. We're just waiting for that to happen. And then he's like, quit joking around. I'm like, all right, fine. He's like, what's the number one move you guys need to make. And I said, you know what, we need to sign a closer. You need yep. somebody who is a, uh, just a, like a badass. Shutdown. Yeah, he's a shutdown badass that wants to take the ball, doesn't mm-hmm. mind, you know, pitching an inning and a half, and 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 the team can trust him. So he's like, who is that? And I'm like, it's 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 got to be Hendricks. It's got to be mm-hmm. Hendricks. You can't go back to Coleman. Coleman was good, but Hendricks is awesome. So the White Sox signing Hendricks, what kind of message does that send to the, to the fans and to the league?
2: Yeah, this is a lockdown closer, the kind of guy that you almost don't even, at times, need anyone in the field. Mm. He can just take care of business on his own. Nice. He made eight outs against the White Sox in the playoffs, all of them via the strikeout, yes. every single one. <laughs> now, he also struggled in the game, two, and he only gave up two home runs in 2020. One was the first game of the season against Jason Castro, and the other one was Yasmani Grandal going deep off of him in uh, in game 2 but then he he th- he throws 49 pitches in game 2 and we're thinking there's oh, no way he's yeah, going he's back, not coming back and sure enough for game
0: 3 no he did <laughs> he did <laughs> he unbuttoned his shirt and showed his superman
2: <laughs> yeah this guy's a hercules i mean yeah. the uh, uh, they the, his nickname is herculeum and actually he gave uh, he was at a, had a press conference today and his nickname one of his other nicknames is slider and so he came up with a new nickname for himself. I'm not sure if you saw this. He's now going to call himself
0: South Slider. Oh, boy. Talk, talk about that's, the 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 marketing. Uh, that's a t-shirt right there. That's a t-shirt. That's yeah. everything. Uh, we're going to talk to Brooks South, Boyer about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: Sox fans are going to love him. This guy is, not only does he want the ball all the time, and he's he throws the heat. Um, he's a, a, a great leader in the clubhouse, mm. and he's great in the community, uh, and he's funny. And I think he's really going to connect with White Sox fans. And I don't know if people, everyone knows this. He's from Australia. He's from Perth, Australia. He's from a corner of the globe. And he had been in the majors for, you know, seven years, sometimes even as a starter, he was with with the twins and he struggled. He got DFA'd like four or five times, but he reinvented himself a few years ago and became the pitcher that he is today, which is one of the best closers in baseball.
1: I mean, it kind of sounds like what happened with uh, Jake Arrieta, where he was just bouncing around. He really couldn't find any traction. And then all of a sudden, like it just snapped in him and, you know, he became this, this beast and that, that beard was just throwing pitches all over the place. And it, it was, it was awesome. So let me ask you this now that the white Sox have signed Hendricks, do you think that the Sox are are favor in the central, or do you agree with what Aaron bummer said that the Sox have to take it from the twins? You know, you can look at it either
2: way. <laughs> and <laughs> and I see what Aaron Bummer's saying. He said that actually on my podcast, by the way, that's, on the White Sox Talk podcast. That's right. Podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, a, little,
2: a little plug for myself. <laughs> there you
0: go. No, we listen. Uh,
2: <laughs> so that's how, if I'm a player, that's how I'm looking at it. If I'm an outsider like myself, who is just seeing how things uh, look at both teams, I would say I think the White Sox are the better team right now than mm-hmm. the Twins. But I always say that with a giant caveat because, well, first off, baseball is a crazy game. You don't know where things are going. And when it's January, like, who knows? But it's a great thing to talk about right now. I would say at the very least, the White Sox are certainly a contender for the division. It's between them and the Twins. And If it doesn't come down to one of those two teams, something has gone horribly wrong for both of those teams or one of those teams and something has gone extremely surprisingly right for what other, what other team could win the division because I don't see how the Indians, Royals, or Tigers can actually do it, but, you know, we'll see.
0: Right. So with us having this unlimited ceiling, um, the next question is, Is are there any free agents that we can pick up to, to just put the cherry on top of this of this roster? I mean, maybe take a player away from somebody in the central?
2: Are you saying Nelson
0: Cruz? I, sure am. I sure am saying <laughs> Nelson Cruz.
2: <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if they signed Nelson Cruz? It's just insane. Um, I don't see that happening. Okay. Now it's surprising to a certain degree that he's still not signed, but I think mm-hmm. part of that is the fact, or maybe all of it, is because they haven't had any resolution on the DH in 2021. So right. some National League teams could obviously get in on the uh, the bidding for Cruz. And if I'm his agent, I'm not. I'm no. telling Nelson, don't sign yet. Right. Um, So the twins need Nelson Cruz. And if you were able to like take him away from the twins, it's you're at, you're making your team better and you're making the twins worse. In the end, I don't see that happening, but I do see the White Sox adding another bat before the season begins. Uh, Who that might be, we can go down some names, um, but, and then I think they're going to add another starting pitcher to give them more depth. So
1: but, now that we're kind yeah. of talking about that DH, do you think the White Sox should have went after Schwarber? Yes. Yeah,
0: I agree. Thirty home runs a year? Uh-huh. Come on.
2: Yeah, yep. um, and I'm not saying they didn't. I did hear that they were interested in him, but you know he got one year. I think it's like a it's a ten, ten million dollar. Yeah, it's like eight million and a two million dollar buyout, and I if, if
0: that's a bargain.
2: Well, I don't know about that. I I think that's, I mean, the, the, the Cubs didn't bring him back for 8 million. Right. And he got 10. So that showed you the nationals are willing to go more. And I don't know if the Sox even made an offer, but Mm -hmm. my guess is they didn't give him $10 million. So that's why he went to the nationals. I do believe in him. I think he's great. He struggled a little bit, obviously last season and he'd fit in great with the white Sox, but for whatever reason, he, uh, you know, it ended up he goes to the Nationals, uh, but I, yeah, I would have loved to have seen him with the White Sox. It,
1: it feels like a weird team for him to go to, especially not knowing, you know, what's going on with the DH right now. I feel like he would have fit in much. But I, I think I think Cubs fans and baseball for years have said that he looks more natural as a DH. And it's surprising to see him go to a National League team knowing I, I feel like he could have been a DH almost anywhere.
2: Yeah, but I think in his mind, he wants to still play the outfield, and it's only one year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he was just probably thinking, okay, I'm going to go here. The Nationals like, we'll take him here. He'll play left field for us. And if it turns out that there's a universal DH, he slides right into there. So I, if it was like a, a three-year contract we're talking about here, th- that's a different story. Yeah. Um, and I think in 2022, from the sounds of it, because uh, cross your fingers, there's not a lockout. But in the new collective bargaining agreement, it's almost a done deal, pretty much, that there's going to be universal DH in
0: 2022. All right, Chuck, I want to take you back in time. Oh,
2: OK. Going all the
0: way back, what was your first year with the White Sox like when you first came on? And then which players did you were you able to build a, a good rapport with?
2: You're talking about my first year covering the team? Correct. All right. So my first year, that was amazing. That was, Of course
0: it was. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I lucked out. So
2: (laughs) so I was, uh, I'd been working in the sportscasting business for 10 years. I'd been working uh, at Fox Sportsnet in Denver. Mm -hmm. And I heard this new channel was starting, Comcast Sportsnet in Chicago. And I'm like, I got to get back to Chicago. I was always trying to, and this was a great opportunity to do it. I come back and just as luck would have it, I started covering the White Sox. They knew I grew up a White Sox fan and- Boom, they win the World Series. So that was amazing. You could also look at it as well, it's been all downhill ever since. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't look at it that way. So so, so the first year, in terms of like, you know, me developing a relationship with guys, mm-hmm. it's funny, like the guys I I really developed relationships with early the first year were like Jeff Blum. Okay. You know, um a little bit, I would say burly, you know, I didn't really develop relationships yet with these guys that first year. Cause it was my first year on the beat. It was a, it was a, an avalanche of coverage and distractions for that distractions, just a lot of media. Mm-hmm. But over time, you know, it was, it was AJ Pruszynski. Like, Oh my God, first year. I hate AJ <laughs> I hated him.
1: Well, we hate <laughs> I'm, not that fun. I'm not that him. Well, no, to me, no, I'm just
2: saying like he just, he, he's. He, you have to understand AJ, I guess. Okay. And I didn't understand him at the time, and I, I felt like he was this kind of a, kind of a prick. Can I say prick? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah. <even> say that. <laughs> um, to members of the media, including myself. But then, as time went on, I I got it and I understood him, and he understood me, and we have started becoming, you know, real good. I don't know what, what you would call it—friends or friendly. I'm going to say I was friends yeah. with him, but. Um, we respected each other. And, you know, so it's it was him, it was Canerco, oh, Rowan, actually Aaron Rowan uh, that mm. first year was great. Nice. Um, you know, and then it just as time went on, I've, I've you know, they, they win the World Series and I've been very, very fortunate in that I've been able to develop relationships with a lot of these guys. is mm. because of my job and I interview them a lot and um, they are top to bottom awesome. All like, those guys. And I, Who's you know, your
1: favorite current player to talk
2: to current player wow Mm -hmm. there's a bunch (laughs) you know giolito ta ta is awesome and you know think about him he's he's really come out of his shell what's that
1: no i I think those two right there are probably like i I would imagine are, are the best guys to talk to just because of their personality
2: yeah i mean tim um when he when he came up was just very very quiet 30. and did not say much mm-hmm. and now you can't get him to stop he's awesome <laughs> uh, but no I mean it's there's there's a lot Dallas Keuchel's really good really yeah. good um I and I've got I got to know Adam Eaton when he his first time through here and now he's back so uh, and then Liam Hendricks when he just spoke to the media I mean he's I mean I I, I wish COVID was over so I could really get to talk to him in person uh, and get to know him because he seems like a uh, a rock star
1: personality. Mm. So I know that uh you were originally concerned about your involvement with the broadcasts. How has it been for you being more involved with the actual broadcasts of the games? What do you mean, like my involvement, or yes. what do you mean? Yeah, like what, what has it been like you being more involved with like the actual broadcasts?
2: Well, I was. So I was sideline reporting. Are you talking about that part yes. of the yeah, broadcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I was a sideline reporter in 2018 and 2019, and that was the plan for 2020. Mm. And what happened was uh, NBC made the decision to remove all sideline reporters for every sport. And, and so I was moved into the studio full time. What I was doing was uh, half the season. So for the road games, I'd be in the studio doing pre and post game shows. And then for home games, sideline reporting. Well, that's not happening right now. So I'm full-time in the studio. And so I, 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 tell, I tell myself, I tell other people, I wish I could clone myself <laughs> I love being in the studio and I really love being in the ballpark as a sideline reporter. And, you know, for 2021 certainly, and I don't know what's going to happen after that. I'm just going to be in the studio and
0: not sideline reporting. Right. So uh, you've broken some news on uh, via Twitter uh, for the White Sox. Can you talk about some times that you've had some news and you're like, you know, it's on the and you want to you want to put it make make it out public, but you just can't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I mean, there really hasn't aren't that many times. I mean, are you talking about like signings or are you talking about just stuff that I see?
0: Uh, both, both, both. Yeah, because you know, they, I mean well, you're a little bit. Well, closer. let me just say
2: this. Let me just say this. Yeah, stuff that I see. There are a lot of things that happen not only in my life. Mm-hmm. Players' lives, your lives, they probably don't need to be on Twitter.
0: You agree? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, we're a little bit older, so we're glad we didn't grow up in the Twitter era because we yeah. would be in big trouble right yeah. now.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about- know, so there? Yeah. There is social media, and then there is just your social life. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. they don't need to be the same all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, there's there's things that I've seen, but like, like does, does the whole world need to know that? No. And there's a trust. That I think has been lost to a certain degree mm-hmm. um, uh, between athletes and, and uh, the media. And, you know, when we are allowed in a clubhouse, like we are in their home, mm-hmm. it's not my home. This is their home and I'm a visitor in it and I need to respect what I'm seeing or hearing. And when you build that trust and build that respect, um, you know, it goes, it goes both ways Right, where they respect and trust me and I respect and trust them. So not that I'm seeing things in a clubhouse that are like, <laughs> you know, would have someone arrested or something like crazy like that, but just like, like but, it's just, it's not, I mean, I'm not at liberty to put some certain things out that I see or hear. It's not, it's, it's it's not, not a, like
1: the, of, uh, the Bulls during, during uh, Jordan's early years.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of that stuff has started to come out mm. uh, years later. But uh, and then in terms of news, you know, I did get the Adam Eaton story uh, that he had signed with the White Sox. And uh, for the record, there are people out there who think that the White Sox gave me that information. Mm. I wish <laughs> <laughs> the White Sox would just feed me information that I could just put out,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I would look like a genius. And I would look like I had, you know, broken every story in the book. That is, that, that is, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Okay. I have to do the digging and all the work myself. So I just want to put that out there because I think there was a perception that, oh, this is just Chuck getting information from the White Sox. And they're, you know, I'm the mouthpiece for the front office. So that's, right. it's, it's not the
0: case. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. So I, I want to give you a couple names and I want you to give me, wow, like a one word reaction to them, to, to some of these players and, and personalities. So. Let me start you off. Uh, Ozzy Guillen. Let me start off hot. I'm starting off hot.
2: Yeah, it's hot. How long is this podcast? (laughs) As
0: long as 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 you want it to be.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. So uh, Ozzy Guillen, um, well, I'll say, first off, when he was the manager, Mm -hmm. I would tell myself and tell my colleagues, we have it so good. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, we had it so good. Right. That not only are we covering a baseball Team for a living, which is like the greatest job I could think of. But we are covering a manager who is making us laugh and laugh and laugh and think mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, he's uh, a brilliant mind, and so you know, I, so he's he's brilliant. He's hilarious, and as a colleague now of his, I mean, he's now I work with him. Mm-hmm he doesn't just show up, you know, there are some people who just show up for jobs. Uh-huh. No, he's you know, ready. He wants to be great at what he does. And he just <laughs> has a gift for, you know, when that camera's on or even when the camera's off, it doesn't make a difference. He's uh-huh. the same person, but the camera loves Ozzie Guillen. And so mm. it is, it is, uh, it is a blast to be able to work with him. I pinch myself. I mean, I grew up a, a white Sox fan and Ozzie Guillen was on the team and now I'm working with him. I just like, I still have to, I'm very, very thankful and, and, uh, fortunate to be able
1: to work with him so based on that would you have been in favor if the White Sox brought him back as a manager you know well first off
2: no I would not be in favor of because I, then I wouldn't be able <laughs> to, work to work with him anymore, get- so I would hate it <laughs> right um for Ozzy Gian to come back and manage in today's game it's going to take a very 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 specific situation mm-hmm. it's going to take a general manager who's got thick skin who, um, you know, cause Ozzy's going to tell it like it is right. and today's game.
0: Yeah. How yeah. many GM
2: is one a manager who's going to tell it like it is yeah, to, them, to the, to them, to the media, to the players. Um, you know, so, and, but the White Sox were that team and in a way still are cause they, cause Ken, the same crew is still there. Kenny Williams is still there and, and mm-hmm. Jerry Reinsdorf and Rick Hahn, um, You know, and then like is you know, the game hasn't passed him by, but he is a guy who does not fully all the way, 100% embrace the analytics. And you know what? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'll tell you one thing, Tony La Russa isn't that either. I mean, Tony La Russa is old school, but the thing about Tony is he's extremely new school. People think he's not. He really is. He was on the forefront basically of analytics 30 years ago.
0: Right. He shortened the game.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. So he's going to bring all of that to every game, but he's going to use his eyes and his mind. And that's one thing that Ozzy brings up all the time is that like there's too much analytics. It's kind of way too far to one side. So um, I think that's uh, another part of you know, where Ozzy and Tony will see eye to eye. And Ozzy, by the way, Ozzy, when he found out that Tony La Russa was named the manager, he said, because he was first hurt that the White Sox didn't interview him.
1: Right, because he got
2: the Jerry phone
0: Right, he got the phone call. Jerry, Jerry actually
2: called him and told right. him
0: this. Yeah. But once yeah.
2: he found out that Tony La Russa got the job, he's like, okay,
1: I did not even deserve to, to have an interview. Right. Because right. you guys and went after Tony. The funny thing is, is that when we talked to Ozzy Jr., that's exactly what he said. He said that the one person that he would be happy in, in that sense, that, that got the job over him or was considered over him was Tony LaRusa all the way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, boys, you, you wanted me to name all these players or describe all them. We just went, what, 10 minutes on Ozzie. Yeah. So,
1: so before, before we let you go, we got a couple of quick fire questions we like to ask. And it's not, you know, necessarily baseball or sports related. Um, some are, but the, the first thing I'll ask you is, and we're talking about hot button. Do you think the Bears are going to be able to pull Deshaun Watson away from
0: Houston?
2: <laughs> All right. Here's here's my take on the Bears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's just shaking his head. It's... <laughs> yeah, I, I,
2: I, this, this is a no-win situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're stuck in the mud. Being, being right in the middle, it's just, you know, it's like being the eighth seed in the, in the NBA. You're just you're just turning your wheels and going nowhere. All
2: right. The way All I right. look at the Bears, here, here here's the, my take on the Bears and their franchise. This is kind of like a broader approach to this, but as long as they have the people who are running that team, mm-hmm. the years
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: for them to win, they're going to have to thread the needle every year. Mm-hmm. Sustained success will not happen with the organization the way it's structured right now. They could get fortunate be fortunate from every other year or depending on the year where they get to the playoffs and things go right for them but until they get a quarterback
1: yeah
2: and when i said that's a big caveat until they get a quarter until they get a front office that knows how to find the right quarterback and develop it you know tough times (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> occasional, <laughs> occasional good seasons. It's it's the little,
1: the little glimmer of hope that they kind of string you along with every three or four years. And yes, you, you know, yes, it's, it's, it's yes, super that's what you'll have. That's what the bears will
2: continue to be as long as they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. So
1: if you could be the best at one thing in the world for one day, what would it be? Wow. The best at one thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Just for
2: one day though. For one day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but now can the one day be everlasting with the effect that I have on the world? Oh,
1: you're putting caveats on it. I mean, (laughs) whatever you do lasts, but you only get that one day to do it.
2: All right. I want to unite our country. That's beautiful. That's, that's That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, we, we talk, I love talking sports. I love talking White Sox, but you asked me that question today. Yeah. Right now, yeah, in 2021,
1: mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that's what I want to do. This this has by far been the weirdest 18 months that I can ever remember. <laughs> know. You know, or actually, unite and heal, heal yeah. our country. Right, it'd be nice.
2: Unite and heal. That's two things. But I want you uni- unite and heal, heal, heal the kill this virus and heal us and unite us. That's what I want.
1: What's the uh, proudest moment of your
2: life? Wow, proudest moment, proudest moment, proudest moment. Um, I yeah, I,
0: boy, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> he's proud because he wrote these questions. It's, it's, yeah, he's scratching oh. his head and
1: everything. Yeah, when I'm like proud. It's like I got to think about myself, and right. I was proud. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You know what it is? It's hard to think about yourself, and then because you almost feel like you're bragging about something you did. Yeah, you know, well, you but, would have to. Yeah, you yeah, absolutely you <laughs> yeah. do something. There is nothing wrong with being selfish sometimes, and some people are afraid to do that. Yeah.
2: You know, what, what gives me, uh, what makes me proud, honestly, is I would say th- what's happened with um, the White Sox talk podcast mm. that I put together. Um, I mean, it's not just me putting it together, I should say, right, but right. Um, this was something that came out of thin air. And I, this was, you know, four years ago. And, um, and we went to, uh, it was Ryan McGuffey and myself who works for, with me at NBC Sports Chicago. And we went to our boss and we said, hey, we want to start a White Sox podcast. This is October of 2016 When the Cubs were about to win the World Series And the White Sox were about to begin the rebuild Right. And he, he, our, my boss And I, I see where he was coming from Said I, I don't think it's the right time for a White Sox podcast Like do people really care?
0: Uh, yeah. But was we the did right it anyway time. It was the right time Because they were <laughs> yeah, about well, to start the right rebuild way. and trade everybody away Exactly
2: so we, we got it started And it's turned into a very uh, Successful podcast And it gives me a lot of um it's like my baby you know yeah. so uh oh uh, we know. I love to do it <laughs> and I, and the white Sox fans seem to connect with it and so uh, i'm proud of of that uh, that's that's, what I'm that's proud awesome
0: of. that's amazing yeah. that's amazing uh, we are obviously listen all right last question in this rapid fire ketchup on a hot dog
2: yes or no you really you want to go there yeah we have yeah, to go there. buddy <laughs> okay this Uh-oh. is this is now me preaching.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. preaching.
2: Everybody out there, I don't give a crap what you think about what I'm <laughs> doing. Okay? That's
0: and if you
2: think if you think because you are like when when was this written somewhere? Is this, you know, is this gospel? Who are you to say? Who are you to say Uh-oh. what I can and can't put on a hot dog. I'm from Chicago. You can't be more Chicago than me, depending on what I put on a hot dog or not. So if I want to put just ketchup (laughs) on a hot dog, leave me the F alone. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alone. This is my hot dog. It is not your
0: hot dog. I love it. I love it.
2: So I might put just mustard on a hot dog. I might put Ketchup and mustard on a hot dog. I might just put ketchup on a hot dog, and if I do,
1: leave me alone. So I, I appreciate it. that. I, th- I thought that was a really awesome answer, but the answer is no, never ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> I, don't. I get it. I get yeah, it. But yeah. Like, do, I you think like just, do you guys like ketchup? Do you guys like ketchup? I personally, I
0: I, don't, I, don't I like rarely rarely put ketchup on stuff.
1: I don't even like ketchup on fries.
2: Well, well, so okay, if you don't like ketchup. Don't put don't, it on a hot dog, right? Some of us, I, I think it's, it's some the of us actual like recipe. Some of us like ketchup. <laughs> that would be me. I like ketchup, <laughs> but I don't just. If, if I have a perfect hot dog, I'm not just putting ketchup on it. I'm going to put pickles. Oh, I love pickles on a hot dog. Yeah, I love uh, onions on a pot, on a hot dog. Oh yeah, mustard. Mm-hmm. But see, my my go to is mustard and onions. See. That's just so wrong. How dare, How dare you put mustard and onions? Who are you? Are you oh, even from dude. Chicago?
0: What oh. do you like? See, that's the thing. Just come that's on. Yeah, that's That's good stuff. All right, Chuck, where can uh, our listening fans find you on social media? Uh,
2: you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Garfine. I'm not on Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook account, but I don't use it. Okay. So you can find me on Twitter.
0: What about your uh, podcast? Where can they find that?
2: And then you can you can uh, listen and subscribe and download the White Sox Talk podcast. There you go. Uh, you can get it anywhere, I guess, uh, iTunes or Apple, Spotify, Google Play, gotcha. you name it. And so uh, we, we put them out every Tuesday and Thursday or whenever else I've got another podcast to put out. So two or three a week we put them out. Awesome.
0: All right, thank you, Chuck. Before this cuts out, we want to say thank you for the opportunity and uh, for being a guest. Thank, thank, you, thank you so much.
2: much. You guys are great. Thanks for having me on. Go socks! Go socks,
0: baby! You know,
2: there you go. I, 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 I think <laughs> and kind of go Cubs, right? I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I, I'm all I'm all in for good baseball in Chicago. Okay, okay, all right. Great
2: all right. to great to talk with you guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: No, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. okay. Bye-bye. The True Chicago Sports Fans podcast will return after a brief word from our sponsor. Hey, True Chicago Sports Fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh gear from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create simple, classic clothing that represents their Southside Chicago lifestyle. With products like hats, T-shirts, hoodies, and glassware, Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% your entire order. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. Welcome back to the
0: True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah, yeah. There it is. <laughs> it's that time again, brother. You know what time it is? Uh-oh. It's time for stirring the pot.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. All right, man. I got something good for you today. Okay. All right, all right, every, all right. every week we talk about food, right? Yeah. Now, this is something that came up during the week. So, I, I think I want to present it to you as a question. Okay. Okay. So, this week we posted a graphic with the top 10 Middle linebackers of all time.
0: Oh, yeah. That was my post. Okay, Awesome.
1: Awesome. And at number one, we had Ray Lewis, uh, Jack Lambert, number two, Buckus, number three, Seau, number four, Erlacher was number five, Mike Singletary, number six, Mm -hmm. Ray Nitschke, number seven, Patrick Willis from the Niners at number eight, Luke Kuechly at number nine, and Zach Thomas at number ten. Now – Three bears in a list. kiss at three. Erlacher mm-hmm. at five. And Singletary at number six. Right. The first comment that came from Alex Perez. He said, Singletary is taking a spot from someone. Are you high? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, go watch some YouTube clips, man. Singletary
0: was a beast. You do not want to run up that guy's, like, up the lane through him. To be fair. Yeah.
1: Here's some of the other comments. Derek Reed says, where is LT? Lawrence yes. Taylor. Yes. Okay. Um, what about? Let me see here. Dick Bug. Oh, Derek Brooks and Derek Thomas. Also great players. Right in but,
0: the top ten. I mean, it's a top ten, and it's debatable on the, on who makes it.
1: Patrick Willis.
0: No, he does not belong in there Can with those play? guys. No, he's too young. Okay, and, and he didn't career career is right. career's not over yet.
1: So I mean, you, do you think that out of all these guys that are here, do you think Singletary took someone's spot?
0: You don't know. <laughs> <You don't know. laughs> Again, either you were smoking or you were smoking some crappy stuff.
1: Oof. But ho- you know, ho- hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> get the good stuff. Yeah, please get <laughs> the good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, it's legal most everywhere. Just get yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, get the good stuff.
0: You know what? Let, let, let's keep it back on stirring up with the food stuff. Because we can debate sports till the cows come home. All right, all right. All right, all right. All right. So I'm going to throw it to a classic. Okay. I'm gonna throw it to a classic. You know, I got, I got some, I got a couple in the chamber, but I'm gonna throw it to a classic.
1: So we, we did just talk to Chuck about the ketchup on the hot dog and kind of shut me down pretty quickly.
0: Dude, he, he gave you an he gave you a E rock reaction. <laughs> He's like, hell, don't tell me what to do on my hot dog. So
1: now you want to, you, you want to give me some more food? I'm gonna give you some food. Actually, I'm gonna give you a drink. Okay. All right.
0: And these are the two oldest drinks out there. Uh oh. <laughs>
1: Coke or Pepsi? Oh, man. So now here's the thing. (laughs) I just had a conversation like this with someone. All right. Because someone posted a picture of, you know, that slice of pizza you get with the RC. Right. What my comment was, was that now that I've had Coke as an adult, because we were kids, like, we couldn't afford no Coke. We had RC. We had Pepsi. When I was a kid, we grew up with Pepsi. All right. Coca-Cola fans. All right. We're talking about Coca-Cola, not Coke. Yes. Coke. Coke. Coca-Cola. Original (laughs) recipe. PG show, sir. Um. But when I was a kid, we were a Pepsi family, and I remember taking those bottles back to Edmar. Oh, yeah, yes. To Edmar, Yes. To get, yes your, yeah. to get your so, deposit back. That's yeah. right. The five-cent deposit, right? So as, as a family, I grew up drinking Pepsi when we did get soda. I mean, it was a right. big deal. Pop. Sorry, yeah. Chicago. So I really didn't drink Coke until I was an adult. And mm-hmm. then as an adult, I had Coke, and I went back and had RC, and I was like, that is the worst thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> this is terrible. So... coke all the way wow especially from mcdonald's bro you get that i, I got some i got for uh, some and, th- and the thing
0: is that i'm not arguing your point because <laughs> I, I drink coca-cola all day and guess what mcdonald's has the best coca-cola i know ever why. i know oh why. They, have, they have a secret secret
1: i know why. Uh, it's a kind of a gross secret oh. i'm gonna let it out of the bag i'm gonna tell you why mcdonald's sells so much coke that where when you go to any little fast food joint they got all the boxes of syrup for the for the soda right right right, right. so mcdonald's every other flavor flavor except coke they have their own individual containers and they kind of switch it out but mcdonald's sells so much coke that they basically just has a big old vat and they just refill it and so all the sugar and all that stuff over the years is just combining with your coke every time (laughs) you get a brand new one so ladies and gentlemen enjoy mcdonald's coke there's a reason why it's the best
0: (laughs) wow
1: there you go. Stir that pot, baby.
0: Well, nothing to stir. We agreed, man. I'm been trying <laughs> to find something we can fight about.
1: Maybe if they stir that pot <laughs> in the McDonald's fat, they'll get some of the chunks of sugar out of there. <laughs> <sighs> oh.
0: All right, oh, man. Let's, let's get out of here, man.
1: All right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, remember to give us a review and five stars on your listening app of choice. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We'll let you know when we're coming on. That's right. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media Group and Grit Clothing Company. And don't forget to use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. A huge thank you to our guest and brand-new friend of the show, Chuck Garfine of NBC Sports Chicago. Check him on the pre- and post-game for each White Sox game this season. Shout out to Ronesh and shout out to our super producer, Jay Soto. Super duper. You want to start a podcast or have your show sound as clean as ours? You can find everything you need at jsotomedia.com check us out on our social media you can find us at true shy fans on twitter and on tiktok find us on facebook instagram youtube spotify and reach out to us on our email we want to hear from you guys why don't you send in some uh stirring the upon ideas guys that's right send you, them in you can reach us at true chicago sports fans at gmail.com and don't forget to check out the all net podcast with mike logic and ideal brand new episodes every other monday coinciding with the nba season all right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 29. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Yeah. Hey, can we get some Coke? <laughs> no, sir. I only do Pepsi. I hate that at the
0: restaurant. Is Pepsi okay? No. My-
1: it's not okay. It's not Right.
0: A few moments later.
1: You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids.
0: Hasta luego amigos. That's all.
2: Oh, I shouldn't have those ratichokes. eat up poppers. <laughs>